welcome back to the What the Fork Sunland preview show. A swashbuckling win over Wigan at the weekend was followed up by a frustrating defeat at Blackburn Rovers last night. And things don't really get too much easier as we welcome a high-flying Burnley to the stadium light this Saturday. And to preview the game, I am joined by National World's Northwest Digital Sports Editor and writer, of course, for the Burnley Express due to that. Dan Black. Dan, how are you, mate? You okay? Good morning. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Just uh, trying to get prepared for tonight's trip to Birmingham. Going to say, obviously, we are speaking ahead of the game with Birmingham City tonight. We we're just speaking sort of off air before. It's almost impossible with the amount of games you have in the championship to discuss the most recent game. Um, that will it'll be before you play the weekend games. So, your most recent game actually was, was Swansea about the time that was speaking, which was obviously a 4 0 win. I watched the highlights, I think it was a bit of an eye catching result because Swansea were in form, but you were, you were probably there. How good was the performance? Yeah, we were just saying off air how hard it is to keep up with the championship at the minute, weren't we? It's just it's mm-hmm. just impossible. The nature of the division, it's just it's unrelenting and, and, and unforgiving. You just seem to be at a game every other day at the minute. You know, coming up for breath is just uh, impossible. I was speaking to Vincent Company about it the other day, and he was just saying it's an absolute car crash of a division. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just non-stop. It's filled with booby traps. They were saying clubs have this kryptonite that they keep passing on to other clubs and. We're 14-15, some clubs are 16 games into the season, and we're still not really seeing the, the division take shape yet. It's it's absolutely ludicrous. You know, at this, at this stage, you kind of start to see a pattern of clubs where you look at it and think, yeah, X, Y, and Z are going to do well. You know, one, one will start, storm away. A couple of clubs will be genuine contenders. And then, you know, you, you could probably identify two or three clubs that would almost a given for the playoffs. But at the minute, what was I looking at? You know, the six points separate 17th place Wigan to, to Burnley in second. So it's, it's it could just all, you know, change in a heartbeat at the minute. And I think until possibly the World Cup next month, we're probably still not going to see it take, you know, any kind of, any kind of proper shape. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, the Swansea game was, was, Exceptional. Um, I tried to, I tried to get company on it. It wouldn't divulge his opinion, but you know, I think a lot of people feel that was Burnley's best performance of the season. They were good on the opening day against what what looked like a poor Huddersfield side, um, and they obviously beat Wigan five one away, which which was a very good performance. But in terms of um, how they controlled the game, with two very similar clubs in terms of style both possession based styles I think going into that game this was Burnley's biggest test so far you know you look at Swansea they'd they'd won four in a row they'd won five of the last six they were a point behind Burnley they were scoring goals uh, dominating possession dominating territory and and they looked a real threat and you're looking at it thinking you know these are the kind of teams we probably need to be if we're going to have any chance of, of going straight back up this year um and they, they were just they were just magnificent. They just blew Swansea out of the water. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of encouragement um and confidence, that will have done them the world of good. Um it was just a it was just a super, super performance from start to finish. Looking at the that result in particular, obviously that's three wins in the last five, but in, in total it's eleven unbeaten. So I think if you look at the start of Burnley's season, obviously you started it with a win. I watched that game on the Friday night against Huddersfield, but then it got followed up by a run of like two draws and a defeat. But I think it's fair to say 
from the outside looking in anyway, Burnley looked like they're, they're, they're hitting their stride. You touched there on, on asking company if that was the best performance of the season. But from a fan's perspective, how excited are Burnley fans with the run of form they're putting together? Yeah, I think um, obviously with, with the change of management, the change of style, the change of system, you know, they, they brought in 16 new players over the summer, lost 13. So it's, it's, it's almost a completely different club at the minute. It's a new culture, different philosophies. Um, so I think you've got to understand that in that situation, it's going to take a little bit of time to gel, regardless of the personnel that you bring in, regardless of the, the personnel you bring in, in terms of players, in terms of management staff, it is going to take time for that amount of change to come together. Um, and we saw that at the start. They were, they were good without being excellent. They were dominating games without causing too much of a threat. Um, but you could see slowly but surely every individual was building and building and building. And then the, the relationships on the pitch started building and it all, it all kind of came together. Um, and I think, you know, it, the Swansea game was probably the first time we've actually seen everything click. Um, you know, there's been this so many times where they've had 65, 70% possession in games, but only created two or three genuine, genuine chances in front of goal. Um, Nothing. Um, there was, I think, ten, no, maybe eleven games. This last eleven games in, in all competitions where they've where they've taken the lead, and and in that in that spell, they, you know, they've dropped ten points from from winning positions. But they seem a lot more composed at the back now. They, they kind of, the game management has improved. Um, the way they're opening up teams is is improving, but there's still room for improvement there. Um, so I think yeah, it's just about that blend coming together and and just fine tuning. I think you know the exciting thing is is that there is still plenty more to come from them. I was going to say it feels like Burnley are doing well and not just trucking on, looking up or around automatic potential contenders if there's such a thing at this point. Obviously with the madness of the division, but mm. haven't quite hit the stride that they probably can. And, and I think a lot of that probably comes down to. To Vincent Company, obviously, it's a, it's a really eye-catching name for a million and one reasons. I'm going back quite a few years now and the division's obviously changed, but I think I remember when Roy Keane came in at Sunderland and it, it felt really exciting, but obviously yeah. was seen as a, as, a, as a risk by Sunderland and Company was the same. And um, He seemed to have really settled into life, at, obviously, at Turf Moor, but how good has Vincent Company been, uh, not just for Burnley as a club, but also Burnley as a, a town, as a city? I think, I think he just... It just seems to suit them. Mm -hmm. he, he kind of loves hard work. You know, he loves the graft. You know, we're a we're a working class town. Um, you know, and I think he underpins the values of of the town, of the club, of the community. Um, nothing phases him. He just he's just really desperate to get stuck in. Um, never gets and and similarly with Sean Dyche, really, he kind of has that impression that he never gets too down. With the, with the lows and never gets too high with the highs, it just it kind of just cracks on and whatever happens, happens. You know, it, it can only control the controllables. Um, it just comes across really well. Um, I think he's just, he's happy to have this opportunity. Uh, he wants to prove himself. Uh, he wants to prove that Burn, he wants to prove that he can build a Burnley side that's good enough to go up. Um, he's been great with us. He's been very honest, open, very transparent. 
doesn't doesn't really avoid any kind of questioning. He's not he's not big on addressing injuries or anything like that, which is which is fair enough sometimes because obviously football clubs do the research these days and they can kind of work the tactics and, and lineups around those kind of details. But yeah, he's he's been a breath of fresh air and and the football that he's introducing is you know something that we've not seen for a long long time and it's it's a project, it's an experiment, it's it's just I think it's everything this club needed after going down from the Premier League, you know, you had that really, you had those kind of laws of relegation and stuff and, you know, whether we had what it takes to to get back up. I won't go into the details of it all, but there were all the, the news around the um, debt and everything that they that accumulated due to the leverage buyout. And this, this is just, yeah, it's, it's just kind of rejuvenate the club. And uh, I think everyone's really looking forward to, to where Vincent Company, Company can take them. It's interesting because we had um obviously your colleague you know Tom on a few weeks ago from the, the press perspective and it was about a week after Vincent Company described him as looking exactly like Timo Werner, which was yeah. relatively hilarious. Yeah, I, th- I think you can make quite a living off yeah. that. Yeah, maybe it maybe it looked like maybe he doesn't need to be a journalist after all. Um I was going to do the same from a Brad Pitt perspective, but no one's stuck me up on the offer yet. <laughs> um he seems quite the character, Vincent Company, and, and I think obviously Sunland I don't want to bring bad memories back here, but when we landed back in the championship from the premiership last time, we appointed Simon Grayson, which um, I'm sure he's a lovely fellow, but it was a really not inspiring in any way, shape, size or form. Um, the time before that, as I touched on before, we appointed Roy Keane, and that was a genuine character, genuine excitement. I think it's quite easy to get bogged down um, when you get relegated. and it's, We've seen ourselves, it's easy to go straight back down uh, as opposed to just bounce back well. He's such a big character that it seemed to have really helped Burnley outside of all the, the tactical aspects and things like that. You work with him quite closely. You said he's been great with you. What have you made of him as a man and a character? Yeah, he's 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 great. He's got a he's got a fantastic personality. He's he's kind of light-hearted with you. It, it kind of it almost feels as if it's it's a commun- um a conversation at times rather than an interview. You know, it is it's you know, now that the um the, the glitz and glamour of the Premier League is gone and your kind of media attendance at press conference dwindles. It's a lot more intimate now. Um, you know, a lot of just just mainly locals there now. And it's it's just like you you, you get the opportunity to, to build that rapport with them. Um and I think I think the good thing about Vincent Company is he's he's been there and done it, but he's not he's not been, you know, hand it's not been hand fed to him. You know, he's not been given a silver spoon. He's when he went to City, it, it was before, you know, the riches um, of their takeover, and he's he's had to to fight amongst all that to, to keep his place in a side of superstars, you know, help them along the way to the first Premier League title, um, you know, continued working really hard, showed his his leadership skills within that period, and I think you could almost sense that he would become one of those players that just naturally, you know, fell into management. A lot of of his teammates said the same thing about him. You know, his, his presence in the dressing room and on the pitch and stuff was, you know, really helped them in in times of trouble, but also in times of triumph. And um, he's he, he's it's just a I really like him. He's a he's a very good guy, and you know, it it, it also helps that he's had that kind of bedding in period in management at Anderlecht as well, where he was up against it there as well. Um, you know, didn't have a great deal of money to spend. His superstars were getting handpicked up, handpicked. He 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 was almost reliant and falling back 
on these youngsters that he had to promote through the academy and giving them their opportunities. And, and now he's it's kind of eased that transition into Burnley because he's working with a lot of young players now that have a great deal of potential. Um, and I, I think that's kind of helped build his managerial personality in, in a way. I think when you look at, at Burnley as well, and you touched on it before, but the players that have came in, the players that have came out, when I think of Burnley, my head still says Ben Mee, Eric Peters at left back. And and, exactly. and that's kind of what happens, all these old experienced hardy pros and Sean Dyche. And and alongside that, you associate a style of play um, with what I'm used to seeing in Burnley, which has been six or so years, to be fair. Like Sand won League Cup game, which was a bit of an anomaly a couple of years back. Um, you touched on it being a more possession-based style from the games I've seen. It definitely seems like a different look in Burnley. But but how have things changed under company? What what is Burnley's style now? Um, yeah, I think we've not had we've not had the luxury of going down to the training ground and, and kind of having uh, a direct view of his training sessions uh, as yet. But I am I'm told that if you were to if you to go down and, and watch them, it's like a puzzle, um, and some of it can be mind blowing. He's he's really really detailed and and really refined in 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 what he does, um, and it's a credit to him, and it's a credit to the players that they've been able to kind of buy into it so quickly. Um, it's just seemed quite seamless, really. We, we saw it in pre season, and you know you've got you've got midfielders dropping into to right back to kind of dictate the player from deep. We've had interchanging centre-backs. You know, the roles of the full-backs are completely different. Josh Brownhill's a new player. He's been given a revised role. And we've, we've got pacey, direct forwards that are attacking teams and, and, and willing to get to the byline and, and, and put the ball into the box, into, the, in, into dangerous areas. And, yeah, he's, he, it's... Um, it almost it's just like a jigsaw at times when you look at it. It's it's completely different, but it's it just seems to be working so well. Um it's hard to go into detail myself without actually having Vincent Company here to explain it to you because <laughs> he's he's that well um rounded and that well crafted in in like coaching, you know, he's working to his, his pro license now. Um but his knowledge is is incredible. Uh, and he'll, he'll explain little passages of play to you at times. He'll explain like um, niche little roles of, of players uh, in specific games against specific opposition and how that can alternate in, in, in certain games against different styles of opposition. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. Uh, and it's, it's just been a real pleasure to watch at the minute. There, there has been frustrations where teams understandably have, have put players behind the ball and they've kind of said to Burnley, come on, you, you try and break us down. And um, they, they've struggled at, at times because as, as much as they've played the ball and stretched the play and, and kept possession, they've, they've not been able to kind of make those inroads in, in the final third and, and in the box. Um, but like I said, you know, it's, it's growing and um, they'll continue to work on that. And I have no doubt that it, it, it will all come together probably before the World Cup or after the World Cup, I think you'll probably see the best of Burnley. I think looking at the team as well, I touched on some older names that I associate with Burnley. So I'm, I'm looking, I've actually watched Burnley more than most championship teams this season, not by design, just by pure fluke. When I've had Sky Sports on, I think Burnley have been on almost as, as much as us. Um, the names that I recognise are the obvious ones. You've got your Jay Rodriguez, your Jack Cork, your, your Josh Brownhill. 
anyone who watches obviously the top two divisions of English football or top three will recognize those players and, and their history. Nathan Teller always impressed me whenever I've watched him, but there's so many new players in that squad. You watch them on a, a regular basis. Who have been the most impressive players this season sort of throughout the squad? Who's your, your top three that most fans seem to be picking out? Hard-fetched just to name a top three, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I just think for different reasons, different players have done really well. I mean, I won't, I won't take too much of your time off, but, but just going from, from back to front, I mean, um, Murich in the Nets came in... Um, and I think for a young goalkeeper, he took on so much. He took so much pressure on his shoulders um, with this new style of play and this new system that hadn't been seen for a, a long time at Turf Moor. You know, playing out from the back and and that the, the onus on him, on him almost to to keep the opposition out, but to all, also start the attacks for Burnley. And I think at first, it, whether I don't don't know whether it overwhelmed him a little bit at first and. And he could sense the nervousness from from the crowd because um, it was it was certainly um, it was certainly visible, uh, and I think it, it took him a little bit of time to find his feet. And now he's just he's just taking it in his stride, and he, he doesn't seem phased by it anymore. And I think for for a young keeper to take that on um, and to do it under so much scrutiny um, is is great. And I think he almost needed that baptism of fire. To help him get to where he is now, so I just, I, just, I just want to mention him because I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done so far. Um, but aside from that, the the, the danger is the wide areas um, and the combinations in the wide areas. You know, the company spoke to us about this formula of finding fullbacks and wingers that can play on the inside and and on the outside. You know, both of them have to do that. So you can underlap, you can overlap. It makes the oppos- opposition guess what's going to come next you can't kind of trap it or pin it so in Bettino's had limited game time because Connor Roberts has been in there but Bettino in the games that he's played he's come in the last two in his natural position at right back he's been exceptional very very good player um he's he's uh combined with uh, Anas Zaruri a Belgium under 21 international who kind of came on and, and, and played a few cameos and, and looked kind of promising in, in those spells. He played against Coventry and, and was pretty much marked out of the game. But then like, Swansea just came to life and he was deservedly man of the match. Almost like a two-footed Dwight McNeil. He was incredible. Coming inside, coming outside, infield, hitting the bar line, popping up on the edge of the area. He was just... He was just outstanding. He's only 21, so he's just only going to get better and better. Um, Ian Martin, left back, Chelsea lad. Everything about him screams Premier League. The assist for Vettino's opener against Swansea City, you'll have to catch that one because the cross is absolutely sumptuous. It's it's delightful. Um, can improve defensively, I think, um, and, and that will come. But getting forward and supporting Nathan Teller, he's, he's, he's been awesome. He's Involved in almost everything. I think you're involved in three of the four goals at, at the weekend. Uh, and then you, yeah, you brought up Nathan Teller um, earlier. He's just a class apart. He's uh, personally, I think he's he's too good for this division. Yeah, me too. He's, he, he's an outstanding footballer. He's got everything. Um, he's his first touch is outstanding. Um, 
you know, you can watch his goal against West, well, not his goal, the penalty that he wins against West Brom. It's a long ball forward from Juric. He just watches the ball over his head and cushions it perfectly and takes it around the keeper and, and wins the penalty. But there's been a few examples of that this year and, and defenders are finding it hard to live with him because he's got a, a real injection of pace. His ball controls, um, as good as I've seen at this level, um, and he just keeps he keeps defenders guessing. I don't. I just don't think they can they can tell what's coming next. And he's he's, he's finishing as well. Five goals this season. Um, second top scorer alongside Josh Brownell. Um, he's he's been a real coup for the club this year. It's you know to to get someone of that caliber in at Burnley in the Championship um, is great. And I think you know the, the only concern is is that. You know, if, if Southampton continue to to slip a little bit, is is he going to be needed there? I think he's he, he's good enough to get into their side. Um, so yeah, you got Jay Rodriguez leading scorer as well, seven goals. He's just kind of taking his opportunity and and not look back. And the two centre halves are, are great as well. Taylor Howard Bellis and England under twenty one skipper and. Jordan Bayer, uh, Germany under 21 international, both very solid defenders. Obviously, Howard Bellis is on City's book, so you'd expect that anyway. And then, yeah, your midfield three of, of Cullen, Cork, and Brownell, of, of, you know, that little triangular in there, of, you know, just partnered, partnered perfectly, really. Cork is the skipper, been magnificent, 33 years old, <laughs> doesn't look like he's getting any older. Is um, It can still you know, keep up with the young young lads in the division. Cullen dictates plays. He's, he's very tidy. And um, Brownell's been a lot more creative in his, in his new role. So, yeah, sorry to go into too much detail, but it's 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 hard to pick a three when they've, they've kind of, as I say, that apart from that kind of introductory period, these these last five or six games or so, they've, they've all contributed. Um, oh, we, we love a bit of detail, so never apologise for that. Love a bit of detail. Um, yeah, no, I'll probably just board, board your board your listeners well. So not at all. As well. <laughs> not at all. I just don't need the only thing. Cut, I, you can cut off of that out, probably. <laughs> the only thing I would say is I wish that you'd gone. Nah, there's only two that are that decent. But to be fair, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I have watched the team, and it's interesting. I think um, one thing that I quite like about Sunderland at the moment, obviously, we're at very different stages because of the the history of the past couple of years. But our when everyone's fit, that is, our spine of Stuart, Corey Evans and, and Danny Barter, great because they're underpinned by a lot of good young youth players around them that are going to make mistakes, but that experience sort of helps. It feels like Burnley's very much the same. You've got that, like, your, your centre is pretty much experienced. You've got Rodriguez there, who's obviously been around for years. Um, you've got Cork there, as you touched on, 33. Brownhill's been around for a number of years now as well. But it's underpinned by young, exciting players with a lot of hunger. And I think that that's, for me anyway, from a Sunderland perspective, that feels like the way forward. And it seems like Burnley sort of agree with my assessment of that. Would, would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's a very productive uh, formula, isn't it? You, you, you yeah. need that. Because obviously when Burnley came down, you know, you, you kind of lost your figureheads. You know, James Tarkovsky, uh, Ben Mee, you know, elder statesmen like Eric Peters, Phil Bardsley. Nick Pope went, um, you know, there was um, Nathan Collins was one that was coming through and he looked like a commanding centre-half, so it was, you know, it was a bit of a blow to lose him as well. 
So I think to keep hold of, of those players that you mentioned and the, and the likes of Ashley Barnes and have them there in and around training, in and around games, is it, vital really because I think putting such a young side in the championship, which is such a physical demanding division, you can almost be too vulnerable and a bit too fragile at times. Um, we saw that with a, with, a, with a few of the players early on. Um, so, so to have them there that have, have been there and have experienced it all and, and that can kind of, you know, share their experiences, share their knowledge of it and, and help bring them through um, has been invaluable, really. And you, and you can see it. And company said the same thing. You know, he, he, was, he was desperate to, to keep hold of, of, so, of some of those names just to help kind of bring these, bring these young lads through. Um, and, it, and, it, and it certainly helped because you, you, as good as you are as a side, you still need that experience in it. Yeah, um, 100%. W- without that, you just, you know, you just lambs to the slaughter, I think, um, because there's some, there's some very knowledgeable, very experienced, very seasoned pros in this division. Um, and it can hit you very hard if, if, you, if you're not prepared for it. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean they've they've got a young lads, a lot of young lads still to come through as well, which is which is also an exciting part because you you know you look you look at well you you look at the um injury list, you've got Scott Twine to come back into it. It was you know last oh, year's true. League One player of the year at MK Don scored 20 goals. You know, Dark Darko Cherlinov is 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 injured until Christmas, so he's still got to come back into it. Um, you know, Manuel Benson's on the bench, he's looked um you know, pretty pretty decent at, at the start as well. So they've they've got a, a a kind of good cohort of of young hungry players that are really determined to prove themselves at this level, and um, that can only bode well for the future. And you know, God only knows what's going to happen in January as well <laughs> when the transfer window reopens. So it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to say the least. And you know. Um, it's just a shame that your boys couldn't do the job at Ewood last night because we've, we've lost our top spot, but at least that gives us something to fight for on Wednesday night. I'm going to blame the referee for that, and I think everyone will know why. Um, Fair enough. In regards to ourselves, it's it's funny because we we sit 12th, and if you give me 12th after sort of 13, 14 games, I'd snap your hand off. I think, I think I said if we finish 15th at the end of the season, I'd be delighted, but we're probably a tad frustrated because we've had injuries to strikers both strikers we've played nine games now without recognizing a forward there's been a few decisions that have gone against us a few late goals we've conceded we we feel we could be up there as well I'm not saying automatic but you know promotion one or two goals here or there you'd, you'd be looking at yeah. maybe playoffs um it's really hard to keep tabs on every team in the championship I'm acutely aware of that um but from the outside looking in from what you have seen are you surprised that Sunderland's return to the championship has been quote unquote as successful as it's been no, not at all. I think, you know, some some are, are a big club, you know, they're, in, in terms of trying to bring players in and try and promote players and and, and, and build a club, you know, they're a very appealing side to to kind of buy into, you know, big, massive fan base, big stadium that, you know, they've got a bit of history there. Um, so from the outside looking in, no, not really. I don't think the championship is as competitive as it has been. I think it's a slog and I think it's very tight. And I don't know if that's because it's every team's good or where every team's like hitting hot and cold or, or whatever. I don't know. But I think it's I think it is there for the taking. I think someone can do well this year. I think they're on 20 points now, which is something four, along that line. Yeah, yeah four, four off the playoffs. So you, you, by no means out of it. Um 
I've seen it, I've seen a couple of highlights this year. I can't remember which game it was, but I saw one of the goals where you've gone from back to front and and finished. Um, I know Reading. you're both against QPR. I think you conceded in the last minute against QPR. Um, and from some of the stuff I've seen, you play some you play some really nice stuff. And I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Sunderland. Um, with a bit of a bit of a name drop here, but I used to be uh, I used to be very close to um, Gary Rowell, who's obviously a, a legend up at. Um, in your parts, I was I was best mates with his youngest lad, Peter. Uh, ah. so I used to I used to knock about with them quite a lot, and I was always around at their gaff and stuff, chatting football. So I always was kind of had one eye on Sunderland, and we'd always like have chats. So I'd always be up to date with what was going on and who was doing what, and um, which which was always nice. And I've I've not really seen him for it for a while, so I need I do need to catch up with him. So Gary, if you're listening, give me a bell. I hope um, he is. <laughs> yeah um so yeah i i always used to you know i used to know everything that was going on he, he, he did newspaper columns radio he did everything so you, you'd always have yeah like, year out for it all and um so I've, I've not really you know i'll hold my hands up i've, I've not really kind of heard or or seen much of of someone this year but which is as i was explaining to you earlier i don't think we've really had a chance to see anyone apart from the teams that we've played because it's just been boom 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 all right you know, for, from from our perspective, it, it's like press conference, writing up quotes from the press conference, game, writing up the copy from the game, press conference again, writing copy, and it's just been relentless. You know, it's just been jumping from one to the other, and, and you just don't really have time to kind of take anything in this season. It's it's like, like I looked at the table last night and I was like, wow, that is incredible. Where do you even start with that? How can how can one division be so close after fifteen games? And um, this you know these teams that I was really surprised to see up there, teams that I was surprised to see at the bottom. And then I checked it um, partway through Burnley's game against Swansea, and I'd seen that you were behind against Wigan. And at that point, Wigan was six, mm-hmm. and by full time they were down at fourteenth. It's just it's just a mental division. I think it's why there's such a worry around us sometimes for me, because I'm like, well, if we lose two, are we then close to relegation? But if we win two, are we going to then get promoted? And I, I mean, I was sitting watching the game and I'll open it. Sorry, Blackburn fans in advance. I'm sure you won't mind. I went, he's a crap. How are we getting beat yeah. of these two nil? And my fiance went top the league. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, you got that wrong. And then she got the, the live league table up. And I was like, Fair enough, they've had two games then, but I can't actually believe Blackburn are top. They've, for 10 games in a row, won one, lost one, up until last night. How are they top? It's 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 phenomenal. And and I think two of, I wouldn't say, the, the, probably the, the game, the team that gave us our best game this season was West Brom, who have been stuck in the bottom three for, you know, for so long. Um I thought come, uh, Coventry, without pausing a real threat in the final third, were a tidy side, and I don't think they'll be under any threat. And, and then two sides that were kind of rooted to the bottom have given us a bigger challenge than some of the sides that have been at the top. You know, we've kind of struggled against the sides that are in the middle, but I think, I think it comes down to style a lot of it because against teams that open up a little bit more, that are a little bit more ambitious, we've, we've been able to kind of, play through that and, and have joy with that. Whereas when you've got slightly less ambitious teams that are coming for a point and then going for a last minute equaliser, we've been a bit more uh, laboured against them, a bit more pedestrian and then almost 
slightly vulnerable to the counter at, at the end. So, yeah, it, it is. A, it's a funny division. I, you know, I, I look at it now and still can't tell you what's going to happen. No, no ideas. Um, but, for, I mean, just going back to you guys, I think, you know, for, for yourself, Tony Mowbray is a very st- steady manager. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think he's almost the type of manager you needed to come in to kind of settle you into that championship. You know, steady the ship a little bit and push it almost to that next level. Um, you've, I think, I think you've, you've only won one in the last six or something like that. But then again, you've only lost once at the Stadium of Light this season. So I think you know, I think it's a decent record. I don't think you can grumble at all as a Sunderland fan. Um, and to be, to be that kind of tight to the top six, you know, a third of the way of the season, I, I think you should probably be happy with that, really. Like I say, I, have a, I can't comment really comment too much on the football. You guys know more more about that than me. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, like I said, I've had a, I've had a soft spot for someone for a while now, and uh, you know, I genuinely, you you guys do well apart from the two times that we play you this season. <laughs> Vice versa, mate. Um, last question as always. I don't know why I'm doing this now because I'm now about 14 games deep and I haven't got one right. I got the closest I have, and I said 1 0 against Wigan on Saturday, and it was 2 1. That's the closest I've got. I don't think I've had a prediction right in over a year now. Um, so I don't even know why I bother, but I started the show like this way, so I'll finish the show this way as well. Um, Consistency, think... that's what we like. Yeah. Consistency. I can't see us winning it, if I'm honest. Um, I think we might score. I'll go two one, Burnley. Um, yeah. Uh, I hate predicting Burnley scores. Do you know what I used to? Yeah. I stopped betting on Burnley because every time I bat them, they always got beat. Um, which is why I stopped giving my uh, predictions. But for you, I'll do it. Um, one nil, Burnley. Yeah, I think it'll be thereabouts. I think it'll be tight. Mm-hmm. I think we'll dominate the ball again, but I, I think some of them are quite a savvy side. Um, and I think they're a lot better than some people give them credit for. Um, so I think you'll, I, I certainly think you'll frustrate us and I think you'll create chances. Um, but we seem to have looked, we, we conceded late equalizers against Stoke and Cardiff. And since that point, we seem to have learned a little bit more. Um, and I've said it a lot, but I think, I think those kind of things almost help you in, in, in a way. Um, it's almost a blessing in disguise at times, and they, and they seem to have, have moved on from that. So I'm hoping they can they can continue that and, and and bag another clean sheet. So we'll go for a, we'll go for a tight one nil. Dan, um, my Zoom is almost running out because I'm still too skinned to pay for the full upgrade. <laughs> um, but I do want to thank you very much for your time. Just before I let you go, mate. Um, if people want to read the stuff that you do and obviously what you do because you are my colleague technically, uh, where can they find you, Dan? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at DanBlack84. Um, and all that stuff um, is on the Burnley Express website or on our Twitter feed or or our Facebook. Um, and yeah, ch- check out all our other writers as well. We've got some very good writers in there. You know, cover Preston, Blackpool, Wigan as well. So Agreed. Um, yeah, give give them a read. Uh, I'm sure you'll be checking in with... I know you've checked in with Tom already, but I'm sure you'll be checking in with them other guys throughout the season as well. So yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. You said Tom there, but we went Timo Werner. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Dan, thanks very oh, don't, much, mate. Don't, don't call him that, though. It gets to his head. <laughs> thanks, Dan. All right, mate. All the best. All the best, mate. Take care.